Amen and amen. God is so awesome. He is so good. Thank you, gentlemen. Sergio squared. Two Sergios. I always say it as a joke to them. Like, do you ever show up at Sergio's restaurant and be like, I'm here? <laughs> I think if, if, I, if, if there was a... The only thing that I know that's called David is David's bridal, and I'm not going to go buy a wedding dress. So, uh, <laughs> But like... But like, um, you know, I, I was always wondering, like, you show, I was like, yes, thanks, I'm here. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, if you didn't see it on your way in, or if you missed it at the opening, we do have the big red bus downstairs. Um, so if you are able to donate blood, and you can stay for a little bit after service today uh, to donate blood, it is a blessing to be able to bless those that are in need of transfusions. Um, you know, I can tell you, I, I am... I've never needed to have a transfusion, but um, I know that a transfusion saved my mom's life when she was pregnant with me, so I thank God for whoever gave that blood. And, um, you know, you don't know who you're impacting or who you're saving when you donate. And uh, one of the things we always encourage, and I, and I thank Monica for mentioning it, because I, I, I always say it, when you donate blood, don't just donate the blood, but actually use it as a time for you to pray. Oh, Pastor, what am I praying for? I'm praying for whoever receives this blood. It's not that your blood's going to save them, but that there is an anointing that goes and smacks them and is like, you need Jesus. And they go get saved because they received a miracle. And so uh, pray over your blood. You know, we're supposed to pray about everything. Like the, the Bible says it, praying always. Like we're supposed to pray about everything. Every decision we make, we should pray about it. Because God cares so much about us and about what we are facing that he cares about every single decision. And um, there's nothing too insignificant that you say, oh, I don't need to pray about this. We need to pray about everything. Amen. Can we give God one more hand of praise this morning? So today we're in part two of this series, Empowered. And I was thinking about power, and, and, and sometimes we see something that looks like it should have power, but it doesn't have any. And, and, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I played sports growing up. Some of the times I pretended to play better than I actually played. But anyways, I, I, I remember coming across certain people that would come to the ball field or to the court or to something, and you look at them walk in, right? Like if you were playing baseball, like they walk in, they've got the nice cleats, they've got the uniform, the bag, the equipment. You look at and you're like, and I want that guy on my team. Only to realize that they have all the stuff, but they can't swing a bat. And a postalita, exactly, right? Ese es una postalita. Like, you know, they look the part. But they can't. In Spanish service, I actually said it. I, I, I called it out. That's postalita. Um, and I was debating, do I say it in English service or not? So thanks, Al. It was, that's what it was like, man, that, that guy looks like it. It was funny because I was watching something with the girls the other day, and uh, I started cracking up, and they didn't get it. And I started cracking up because there, there's these kids that are going to start a new team, and they see somebody walk up, and they, they've got all this equipment and all these things, and they're like, that's the guy we need, right? And the kid's like, yeah, I'll join the team. And they show up to the first practice, and it was a, a, a hockey thing, and the kid had the amazing skates, and he couldn't skate. Like literally, like he gets on the ice and he's like, I should have told you guys I can't skate. And then they're like, but he looked the part. And sometimes we come across that. People that may look the part, but they're not. They look like they've got the power, 
but they can't use it. And what is being empowered? If you remember last week we talked about, and the definition will pop up, to empower means to give authority or power to do something. Give authority or power to do something. In the very same manner, we're reminded that Jesus was given all authority. Not some of the authority, but Jesus was given all authority, the Bible says, in heaven and on earth. And then he gives or delegates authority onto us. I want to read two scriptures with you this morning. The first one is in Matthew chapter 28. So go to Matthew chapter 28. And if you're really, really quick, you can also start marking that we're going to go to Mark chapter 16 after. But Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, if you turn a few pages over to Mark chapter 16, Jesus again talking says to the disciples in verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to jot this down. Jesus gave us power to do something. Jesus gave us power to do something. He empowered us to do something. You ever seen somebody who's got power but doesn't use it? Like like they're the, the person who was put in charge of something at the store, but they don't know what's going on. Or, 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 or you, you don't know the situation. They, they, they're there, and they've got the power, but they don't wield it. Perhaps because they don't know what they can or cannot do, right? If you've ever received a promotion, and when you're given the promotion, you're still kind of walking on eggshells like, well, now that I have this promotion, can I do this? Can I not do this? What can I do? Like, yeah, I, I, can't, I don't want to step on somebody's toes. What can I do? But Jesus empowered us not to sit in a corner, but to go and do something. So it begs us to ask the question, what did Jesus empower us to do? Well, the Bible says in both of those passages that he said, go. In Matthew, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. In Mark, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So Jesus empowered you to go. Go where? Like call a listing agent and sell my house and move to Kenya tomorrow? No, unless that's your calling. But go into your world. Do you know that there's people that you guys can reach or that you can reach that I can't? And there's somebody that you can reach that I can't or that you can reach that I can't. That's why he empowered you and you and you and you and you and you and you to go. He empowered you to go, to have an action, 
again, the definition of empower is to give someone the authority or the power to do something. And Jesus empowered you to do something. And what did he empower you to do? He empowered you to go. Go where? Into all the world. What's your world look like? Perhaps you're young and you're still in school. That's your world. Perhaps you're in college. That's your world. Perhaps you work in a department store. That's your world. Or you go to do groceries at Costco or BJ's or Publix. That's your world. Wherever you go is part of your world. And what are you called to do to go into it? And what did it say in the book of Mark? And this is the second thing I want you to jot down. You are empowered to preach the gospel. You are empowered to preach the gospel. And perhaps you look at me today as like, but I'm not a pastor. I thought only pastors preach the gospel. Yeah, no, I'm preaching the gospel right now. But here's the reality. We have all, as Christians, been empowered to preach the gospel. The word preach is actually, in the original language, the word caruso, which means to herald, to allow, to sing something aloud, say it boldly and loud. If you've ever seen a Christian t-shirt that has a little copyright on the bottom, that it's, it's a company, it's called Caruso. I didn't, learn, I didn't realize this until later on in life. I have a bunch of shirts that say Caruso, that it was the actual Greek word that means preach. They named their company, that is a, sh- a shirt company, a, a thing of, of Christian messages. They named it preach in the original language because we're all called to do it. So how do we preach the gospel? Well, obviously we preach it with our mouth. But can I tell you something? The way you conduct yourself also preaches the gospel. I mean, let's be real for a second. Have any of you ever been given a bad testimony about what it is to be a Christian by another Christian? I mean, there's people that don't go to church because of a bad encounter with a Christian and not at church. There's some of those too. But I've, t- I've had a lot of people say, well, I don't do the church thing. Well, why don't you do the church thing? Well, because you know Christians, yeah, I know a little bit about them. They can be backstabbing. They can be full of sin. They can be cheaters and connivers. But they can be washed by the blood of Jesus. But your actions preach the gospel. You know what also preaches the gospel? Your inactions. Not standing up for somebody that's being put down. That's wrong. Not stepping in when somebody's being hurt. That's wrong. I mean, do you remember Jesus talking about this guy, the Good Samaritan? The one that stepped in to heal and bandage up the guy that had been beaten up? Or, you know what preaches very loud and in inaction as well? When you're at work and somebody says that dirty joke that you know your spirit says you should not be listening to this garbage and you stand there. Oh, you didn't find it funny? No, I didn't. I think it's wrong that you say a joke that objectifies a woman. Or I think it's wrong that you say this. Or I think it's wrong. That I was talking to somebody from the church recently that he was telling me he was at work and some of the guys, you know, say jokes or whatever. And he looked at the guy one day and said, I'm sorry, I really don't appreciate it. If I'm around in the room, I, I, don't, don't say those jokes. That preached the gospel. Oh, don't shove your religion down my throat. No, don't tell me the dirty jokes down my ears. It works both ways. Y'all know the First Amendment works both ways, right, too? All right, anyways. I say that because we're living in a time right now 
where if I say what I believe according to the word of God, I am actually put down and said I don't have any tolerance or love or all this type of stuff. No, First Amendment works both ways. And as a Christian, I will respect whatever viewpoint you may have, and I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to love on you, but I will not deviate from standing upon what the Word of God says, because this is true and everything else is a lie. I will, take, I will get off the public service announcement on that one now. Your actions preach the gospel. Your inactions preach the gospel. And we're called to preach the gospel. Now, it's, I find it interesting that in Matthew, the way that it said it was go into all the world and make disciples. So you're empowered to go. You're empowered to preach the gospel. You are empowered to make disciples. There is a distinction between preaching the gospel and making disciples. There's a difference. Yeah, you're in the room, so I'm going to use you as an example. I got my brother Jose here. I met Jose, give or take, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, here in the shopping center. Our church is in a shopping center, online campus, like, wow, that building's in a shopping, yep, on the outside is the shopping center, on the inside is the temple, but we're praying for our new one in Jesus' name. It's going to have grass for us to have worship nights, going to have ample parking buildings for schools. We're believing for what God is going to do, but I met my brother Jose, and you know what, I, he was, he was, Someone that the Lord used me to evangelize to. You know, pastors aren't supposed to evangelize also. This is not just the only place. You're supposed to talk to people on the street. And so I would see him in the shopping center. And I met his name. Hey, I got, I got his name. And I would always ask him, how are you doing? How's this? Or whatever. And one day, I saw his face was a little dejected. And he said, no, this is going on. And I asked him, may I pray for you? He'd never been to our church. He said, yes. And I prayed with him. Then he came to a service. Then God got a hold of him. But I want, this is where I want to get. So I preached to him. I shared the good news. But now he's been plugged in and is being discipled. Because being discipled is the next step after you get saved. And a lot of people just stop the Great Commission at telling people about Jesus. How about us starting to make some disciples who follow Jesus like we follow Jesus? And perhaps you're there and you're like, oh, but I, I, I've only been a Christian for X amount of time. I can't make a disciple. If you've been a Christian for 20 days, there's somebody that met him today and you can start helping that guy learn how to pray. There's always someone that you can start pouring into. It's not all the pastor's responsibility or the evangelist or the prophet or the teachers or the apostles. It is the body of Christ that are empowered to preach the gospel and to make disciples. When you, how do I, well, pastor, I really don't know how to do it. Well, when you get impacted with a scripture, share it with somebody. That's going to awaken them to get into the scripture. When, when something sends out, I mean, come on. I'm going to talk to the ladies for a second. You went to the store. You got a ridiculously amazing sale. What's the first thing you do is you call somebody. Yeah. Clearance at Marshall's. You know, whatever, right? You let somebody know. You see this amazing post. You repost it. You put it. You are propagating. You are evangelizing. But what is evangelizing 
when it comes to the body of Christ, it is preaching the good news. What's the good news? Man, I am a sinner, but I got a God who sent his son who died on the cross to pay the price for me. That's all you need to know. So you are empowered to go where? Everywhere that is part of your purview of your world. To do what? To preach the gospel. What else do I do after preaching the gospel? Because here's a, here's a little thing. Like we, we always talk about the man who gave his life to Jesus on the cross. Right? You know, if, if you're not familiar with it, Jesus was crucified in between two other men. One of them was mocking Jesus. Bro, come on, man, get us off this cross. You're the son of God, whatever you say. That. And the other guy screams from the, I'm assuming he's screaming from the other side with every little breath of lungs that he could take in. He was like, don't you know who you're talking to? You know, and the other guy's like, yeah, but if he's really the guy, he could. And, 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 and he finally looks at Jesus and says, save me. And Jesus looks at him and recognizes the heart and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. See, we talk about that guy when we say that someone who comes to Jesus without then having an opportunity to be baptized can still be saved. Or somebody who comes to Jesus late in life can surrender even in the moments before passing away. But there's a reality. That's not the golden standard. The golden standard is somebody coming to Jesus and being discipled to get other people to come to Jesus. So even though that is a powerful illustration about the mercy and the grace of God reaching someone even at the end of the rope. The gold standard is to be discipled and make other disciples. And here's the good news. We have all, and everybody watching online, have been empowered to do this job, to go and do it. And then it gets better. Because Jesus says, we empower us to do something, empowers you to go, to preach the gospel, to make disciples. But then he says this, and these signs will follow those who believe. As a Christian, you are empowered for signs and wonders. Who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. Then who? No, it's you. Some of y'all never hold, heard who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. I'm in awe right now. Some people got it. Other people are like, what? Who's that? Come on. Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Sergio stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Yes, you. Then who? Right? You know who has been empowered for signs and wonders? Every single person who comes to Jesus. What are the signs and wonders? Look what it says here. Y'all like, yes, we are a full gospel church, if you didn't know. All these signs will follow those who believe in my name. Not because you're special and because you've got power. In my name, you will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So let's talk about that for a second. Acts chapter 5 recounts that the apostles 
would go around and signs and wonders would follow them. The Bible says that Peter would walk by and sick people sitting on the ground, his shadow would cast upon them and they would be healed. It talks about that Paul carried such an anointing that if people were sick, he would send something that he had been wearing to them and they would put it on the person and the people would be healed. Let's go back to the verse. Watch, watch. They will lay hand, um, verse number 18, I'm just going to read the end of it. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And this expires at the end of the first century church. Nope, that's not there. That's what a lot of people believe. The gifts expired. They ended after the first century church. Listen, I believe what the Bible says. If you show me one scripture reference that says there was a limitation or an expiration date like there is on milk, I'll change the doctrine. But that's not what my Bible says. And just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not real. But you know why the devil wants the body of Christ to walk without power? Because powerless people can't give power to anybody. Powerless people can't give power. If there ain't no electricity, I can't charge your cell phone. So the enemy wants the church to think that this has expired because you know what the signs and the wonders are for? It's for the lost to see there's power and want to go. I mean, all right, right. Wow, this is okay. Okay. How many of you don't like bugs flies gnats things what happens when it is dark and you've got a light outside your house all the bugs flock to it if there ain't no power there ain't no light the bugs don't come so if the church is dead without power there is no signs there is no wonder the dirty broken world will stay dirty and broken and the devil knows that if we walk powerless people won't be saved so he has infiltrated with this lie that says oh no and if it is for today it's only for like select people uh-uh uh-uh. And these signs shall follow. It doesn't say pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers. It says, and these signs shall follow all who believe. The Bible says in the book of Acts, there is this seven, this group of seven exorcists. Okay, it actually says that word from the Jewish synagogue and they came across a demon-possessed man and when they came to this demon-possessed man this is what they said they said in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches we cast you out it says that the demon-possessed man became so enraged that he overcame the seven guys and they ran away naked 
The demon-possessed one guy took out seven guys and even ripped their clothes off, and these guys scrammed buck naked. Oh, but they did it in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. Go back to the Bible. These signs will follow those who believe. Those seven guys working for the synagogue hadn't believed Jesus was the Messiah, so they didn't have the power. But the minute you believe, the minute you're in relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ, you are deputized. You are empowered to perform the greater works that Jesus said you would. If you remember the Bible, I read it to you last week, John chapter 14 or 15, Jesus says to the disciples, the works that I do and even greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Not greater in quality, but greater in quantity. What do I mean by that? Well, in this room, there's about 45 or 50 of us. I don't know. I can't, it's hard to estimate with all the chairs being moved. But there's a group of us. And online, there's another group of people. So let's say that there's 80 people, 90 people. Let's say that it was 15 of us right now. Do you know that 15 people can do a heck of a whole lot more than one? So Jesus was saying, because I go to the Father and you all get the Holy Spirit and you all get the power, every single one of you can go about laying hands on sick and they can recover, casting out devils. It does, and when it says there, you know, they will take up serpents, it's not talking about like worshiping with a snake in your hand. That's just stupid. Probably shouldn't have said the word, but whatever. There's some churches that do that. There's actually, you can look it up. I think it's uh, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez says, do your, do go your Google due diligence. You can look it up. There was a church, and the guy had all the venomous snakes in cage, in, in like aquarium type things under the pews. And while service was going on, he would pull out the things because you will have the serpents. And then one day the sucker bit him, and they didn't have the antivenom close enough, and the pastor died. True story. I ain't making that up. I mean, I can't make that up. That's so like out there. I mean, I, I would even think that up. But look it up online. So that's not what it's saying. But it's talking about when you're under the anointing and walking the way that God calls you to walk, like Paul was, who was shipwrecked and was, he comes into the island after being shipwrecked and there's a fire and he goes to put some wood in the fire and a, and a viper stands out and bites him and all the people of the land, watch now, listen people, all the people of the land look and say, this dude definitely was a criminal. He was on the ship, on the boat, and it shipwrecked. And he survived the shipwreck only to get bitten by a viper. And they watched. Like on the turnpike when you see an accident. <laughs> and he didn't die. And because that happened, you know what happened to everybody who lived on the island? They said, he must be a god. And he said, I'm not a God, but God's son lives in me. Y'all need to get saved. And that testimony brought salvation, power of God. I was listening to a pastor preach recently, and he was saying that he, he, his, his grandfather lived in a foreign country, and the government took over and was eliminating church. 
and he was there, and all of a sudden, they had a neighbor who, 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 was, who hated them, who hated Christ, all the different stuff, and all of a sudden, the neighbor came one day and said, I want the Jesus you have. And he said, okay, what, what? He says, for a month, I have been poisoning your well, and you guys have not died. I want what you have. That is the power of God through the person of Jesus Christ put upon you by the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't have an expiration date. And every single one of us has been empowered to go. We have been empowered to go. Many times we have believers, if worship team could start coming back, we go to church, we've got our Bible, we look the part. See, we, we, we know how to stand and raise our hands, and we know how to sing along, and we can quote a verse, but you're a potalita Christian. Because there's no power. And I don't want Christians who look the part. I want the guy that comes up to the plate unexpected to hit it out of the park. But at contact, you know it's a home run. And that only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I am here to tell you you have been empowered to go, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to lay hands on sick people and see them made well. And it starts with believing that you've got this authority and that you have this power because it follows those who believe. Church, you, 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 me, everybody watching us online or listening to this as a podcast, you have been empowered. It's time to go. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Perhaps something this morning resonated with you. Perhaps this morning you realize that to a certain degree, you were like those seven guys in the temple who, who knew who the Jesus that Paul preached about was, but have never had a personal encounter with him. And today you say, I want to surrender to God. I've got such amazing news for you. It's simple. The Bible says this. If you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. So if that's you, if you're online or in the building, every head bowed, every eye closed, if today you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, or perhaps today you say, I want to get right with Jesus because I walked away, I just want you to say this prayer with me, believing it in your heart and say, God, I'm a sinner and on my own, I cannot get to you, but I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross and rose from the grave to pay the price for my sin, for my unrighteousness. And then he went to you and gave me power. 
I receive that power. And I thank you for you write my name in the book of life. And from now on, I'm yours and you are mine in Jesus' name. Come on, just lift your hands right there where you are and worship him for a second. I want to pray over all of us.